Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, your one-stop shop to finding your passion and living it out right now. I'm your host, Sammy Beatrice, a college student and passion coach committed to helping you, whether you're in school or working a nine-to-five, find your passion that you can do every single day and help you love your life a little bit more because of it. On this podcast, you will hear from successful guests as well as solo episodes from your host, all about tips on how to find your passion and how to implement it into your life, even when you feel you don't have enough time to. Let's get to it. As many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need, and all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Fashion Your Passion podcast. We are back with another guest, which is super exciting. I have Kendra here and Kendra and I are going to talk all about pretty much how you can have an unconventional career and pretty much thrive. Um, we are going to dive deep deep into all things career, how to choose a career, why you should choose your career early, and basically all the things that I've been saying here and there, we're just going to go right into them. So Kendra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you. Yes, you too. We need you. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell my listeners a little bit more about what you do, who you are as a person, and sort of the journey that you took to get to this point? Sure. So my name is Kendra Beavis. I am a brand designer and I own a studio in New York called Mocha. I always knew I wanted to do something creative. I didn't really know what that was called or what that looked like. My scope of artists when I was a kid were like Bob Ross. (laughs) Like we didn't have internet like you guys have. So we had very small exposure to what you could really do with a career in arts. So I grew up thinking like, well, you really can't make a career out of painting. So what else is there? And going through high school, I really loved yearbook. I loved the puzzle of laying out pages. So luckily, at some point, I was directed to design, but I didn't really know what it was called. And I actually went for a portfolio review and interview at SBA in Manhattan. And you have to apply right into your program. That guy who interviewed me, I wish I could go back and like thank him. I thought I was applying into the, I can't remember what they called it at the time, but it was not graphic design. It was like animation almost. And when he showed me what the program was like, I was like, oh, that's not at all what I want to do. And I explained like what I enjoyed. And he was like, oh, you you should go into graphic design. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So... I didn't go end up going to SBA. I went to a school, University of the Arts in Philadelphia because they gave me a great scholarship and SBA gave me a small one. And my parents were like, enjoy Philly. <laughs> so I went to Philly. I absolutely fell in love with the city. My teachers were all working professionals. That was a really important key because what happened is they ended up pointing us to really good internships. And their point was for us to take on those internships in the locations that we wanted to eventually land. 
So one of my biggest tips is when you're choosing a school, if school is necessary for your career, make sure it's in an area like an actual physical location that you would consider living in because you will make business connections there. So unless you are going to a state school or something that it's a financial decision, choose a school that's where you want to live because it just is a whole lot easier. If I had stayed in Philly, my life would look completely different now. But I didn't. I came back to New York after I graduated and I worked in the city for a little while, which had been such a dream. I wanted to be in Manhattan and like, you know, have the briefcase and do the whole nine and take the train and master the subways. And I hated it. And I was shocked. I was so, I could not believe that this thing that I, I was sure to my core that this was going to be my future and then getting it. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And I talked to so many people where that's been their experience, where they get the job and then they're like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I left. I was there for about a year. And just prior to that, I had had, when I graduated school, it was just after 9-11. So there was a lot of weird things going on. So I didn't initially work in the city to start. I worked out on Long Island first, and then I got the job in the city and I was there for about a year. When I left, I not only was disheartened with the, just the whole life of being in the city, I really hated the process that I was seeing both in my internship, which was also in Manhattan at a huge naming company, but also at the studio that I was working at. It just felt so disingenuous. We were branding companies and not once did I ever have to have a conversation with somebody at the company about why they started the company, what the method was behind it, what their passion was, where their heart was. It was always like, here's a book of prefixes and affixes and put an adjective in between. And I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. So And it also didn't fill, it didn't check off the buckets of what I wanted my life to look like. And I 100% believe you need to kind of pay your dues. You're going to have jobs that you're not going to like. You're going to have jobs that are going to teach you a lot of lessons and take those lessons and move on with them. But you also should be doing something that feels right and aligned with who you are. So leaving allowed me to create the business that I wanted the way I wanted to work with clients. I also knew I wanted to start a family. So my studio enabled me to do that. I worked out of my house for probably the first six years. I had a team in like a teeny tiny little shoebox. It was, I always used to reference a Seinfeld quote that you guys wouldn't get, but. (laughs) And yeah, so I just sort of made it what I wanted it to be. And I've always kind of pivoted and shifted, but it's a hard thing to do when you have an idea of what this is supposed to look like. And I've never, ever fit the mold of an agency, but I've always done exponentially better every year. And I just keep tweaking it to fit the life I want to live. That was a lot. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. There was so, so much fire in that. I like I was like, oh, my God, she's spitting all this out in the first couple of minutes. (laughs) So great. But that was like. Because I honestly, at my point in my life, like I'm from New York, but I moved to San Diego to go to college because I was like, this is where my industry is thriving. And this is where I need to be in order to do the things I need to do. And I am so freaking lucky that I got the opportunity to do so because it has changed everything for me. Like I now work with one of my best friends who I met a few years ago. And like we work for the same company and we're always mind blown every single day that we do that. We have the most 
incredible boss who like just like is one of our friends too and it just like and I have countless internships and I just have met so many people in my industry out of my industry whatever it is and it all came together so quickly but so beautifully and I always Mm -hmm. say like that the faster you can sort of get to this point the more beautiful your life will be. But what is sort of your advice for those who are in high school or in college and they're like, I actually have no idea what I want to do? I think, I mean, you have some inkling of things that you like. Even my kids are 10 and 13. They have hobbies, things that they enjoy, things that they spend their extra time doing. And I think it's really important for parents too. And I know that's not necessarily the audience for this, but it's something I'm extremely aware of with their hobbies. Like we always talk about how would this look as a business? How could you utilize this for your future? You know, my son is extremely creative and loves editing video. So I show them lots of different documentaries. And Disney has like a ton on illustration. Even like my daughter, who's slightly interested, more than slightly interested in becoming a veterinarian, I expose her to a lot of those shows where she sees like the ups and downs. I take her to my vet when we bring the dog and the vet talks to her because we're very open about try and figure it out now. So this way, when you get to school, which is so expensive now that you don't have to turn around and make an investment on something that you don't really love doing. I think when you're in high school, if you kind of have a direction or maybe three, approach businesses. Can I come in for a couple of weeks in the summer and shadow you guys? Or as a business owner myself, I love that. I speak to a lot of kids in high school about doing exactly that. Just reach out. I can't imagine a business owner not saying okay to that. You know, it's just such good exposure to because The idea of what you want to do and the reality of the business of that are two completely different things. And I'm sure you've experienced that too. Like being in college, when I get kids out of college or when I get interns in my studio, they are shocked because it's 100% a different thing. There's no, you know, there's design theory and then there's, we got a deadline at noon, (laughs) the client's calling. So yeah, it's sometimes that's what causes the culture shock or the reality shock, I guess. Like when I got to the city and had that job, it was literally my dream job. And I hated so many things about it because it was nothing I was ever exposed to because I hadn't really sat in a business like that before and seen the process. Yeah, no, I think that like definitely early exposure is truly important. I know in my high school, we had a thing where if you wanted to, you could enroll in a class where you were able to like you had to go out and get an internship, you know, and sort of do that. And it was for a whole semester. And I know for me, you know, I didn't do the typical internship, but I know a lot of my friends who did and they loved it. And they're like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. They're like, it's so like it's tiring and it's hard, but like they're like this is exactly what I wanted to do and I'm like that is so beautiful you know yeah and it just it's so amazing to see a lot of people who will partake in that class and you know have a little bit of what they know they want to do but then come out of it and be like this is exactly what I want to do and for me who sort of you know like preaches passion and preaches you know how to find your passion and like it makes my heart light on fire and I know that I've had a couple of kids this year who have reached out to me and sort of chatted about like how I did my project because I guess it's like they talk about it in the class afterwards I don't know whatever but it's just so interesting to see you know all the different projects that they do and just how 
people are really exploring their interests. I think that's such a good point of like, if you even like just try and pursue, even if it's the little bit of interest in yourself, because you don't know where it's going to go. That's why I always say to people, I'm like, if you don't really know what you want to do, like go out and explore and like do something, you know, like do different things, like go skiing, go hiking, like do all the things that you've ever wanted to do. And you'll find a passion somewhere in there. You'll find something that makes you happy somewhere in there. And And it may not be what you end up doing for your job. Like if your passion is traveling, maybe you choose a position or a career that allows you to do that travel, whether it be financially or it actually pulls you around the world. I was just watching a documentary the other day on somebody, it was on the Disney channel (laughs) and she's an illustrator, but not, she doesn't illustrate like the frames or anything. She does like the character development and they fly her all over the place. She had to go to Italy and spend two weeks there and do research about the culture and things that would make sense. And I was like, that's so cool because if you are a creative person and this seems like, cause she had said, I can't, illustrate the way illustrators do, but I can do character design. So there are so many of these tiny little niche jobs that are very, you don't even know exist. Exposing yourself to that industry, studying the industry, really, really understanding where you could fit in and where you would fit best. What would check off, you know, if you think about, here's my core five things that I need to live a happy life. For me, it's freedom. It's, I don't need certainty. I'm not, I'm one of those weird people that thrive on changing and a little bit of chaos. I need constant innovation. I love a new project. I love meeting new people. So like my, what I've built isn't your typical agency. We don't have a huge office with, you know, a bunch of computers and a bunch of people. My entire team is virtual. I had a team in-house. I really, again, another point that I was really surprised, I hated it because I constantly had to be there. And that's not me. I want to be out with my clients. I have a very, very intimate relationship with all my accounts because that's just the way I work. When I have my team in the office though, they were constantly waiting for me to come back and guide them and lead them. This way, I'm just, we're all virtual. So we can have these Zoom meetings, we can do. So it was creating something outside of the box to check off these boxes so that I was able to live the life I wanted to live. Yeah, no, for sure. And my boss is the same way. Like, since we went virtual, she's like, I'm not getting an office anytime soon. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I let go of my office. We just, yeah, uh, our lease would have been in December to renew and we switched. Yeah. We closed it. Yeah. She's like, I just like this so much better because she's like, you just like, when you get into the office at 9am, you just like schmooze for an hour and then you, you know, then you finally get to work afterwards. And she's like, it's just such a waste. And I'm like, that is so true. And it's funny because like, I'm a very, I'm an early bird riser. So I'm up at five. I'm listening to my Robin Sharma and my Jay Shetty and all my inspirational stuff. I'll do my meditation. It's just such a good structure. Then the kids are home now because of COVID. So they're not going to school. So for me, flexibility was another huge thing. I had gone through a divorce about 10 years ago. So having the career that I have, really allowed me to be there for my kids, to take care of my home. All the things that I needed to do, I was able to do because I had set up this structure that was so flexible. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about what you want to do. And I think it's just so, it's such a cool generation because you guys have everything at your fingertips mm-hmm. with or without going to school. I've met so many design. I have a podcast myself and I talk to creative entrepreneurs. So, so many of them are self-taught. And it's not, I think previously that was extremely looked down upon. Now with the cost of college, I would imagine in the future, we're going to see a lot more trade schools 
mm-hmm. and a lot more businesses helping kids go to school. I've seen a lot like Switzerland does it where the company will pay for your college and then you owe them a certain amount of years after you finish. So almost like an apprenticeship wow. type of thing. No, yeah, for sure. Because like for me, like I'm in college for a few things, but a lot of what I do right now, I learned myself, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that I am pursuing the entrepreneur journey, if you will. And pretty much all I know about that journey is like I've learned myself or I've like researched or whatever. But honestly, like I always tell people, like I'm in school right now because I made a promise to myself two years ago that I was going to go to like I was going to get into school and I was going to finish it out. And so that's what I'm doing right now. But a lot of what I'm learning right now, I already know. And so I'm just like sitting there, you know, twiddling my thumbs, like just having a good day. But I really think that the earlier you can get out there and learn some things and even if it's not even just like going to a business or like having someone to shadow or like just but like basically just like going online and like looking up Mm -hmm. like different businesses or like looking up different concepts you can like watch videos on youtube or whatever like there's so many different things you can do but i want to really talk about sort of like the unconventional jobs in Mm -hmm. terms of like the jobs that gen zers are creating nowadays at their parents or their grandparents may not understand sort of what is your perspective on that? And do you think that this is sort of the route that it's going to happen as like more unconventional jobs are going to come up in? I do. I I think technology is changing so much. And I mean, the whole like space travel thing is crazy. Like my kids, I talk to them about, well, do you want to be a commercial astronaut? You could. There's just so many things that are coming down the pipe that we can't anticipate, but like would be career options. It's crazy. But I think there's, because of the way business can be done now, you can kind of do anything you want and make a business out of it if it's something that someone needs. So as long as you're filling a need and you've educated yourself and you're an expert, like go do it. Put yourself out there. It's a lot of marketing know-how. But I've seen a lot of, even with my generation, a lot of pushback from adults, adults, (laughs) the older generation pushing back on us. I didn't follow a conventional path and my parents were so worried and they were like, well, you're not going to have benefits and you're not going to get a pension and you're not going to have a 401k and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, okay, but I have a financial advisor. I have all these accounts set up for myself for retirement and nobody offers pension anymore. And who the hell knows if social security will be there when I get to that age. So I think they don't realize how self-sufficient we've become because we have to rely on ourselves. We can't assume that that doesn't exist anymore. It's so few people get a pension. You really have to kind of take all of that into your own hands and make sure that you're legally set up properly when you have your own business, that you are looking after your finances. A lot of people will, especially if you're a freelancer or something like that, where you don't have a steady income, make sure that you're only taking a salary, that you're not taking everything that comes into your business, work with an accountant. That's the first thing I would recommend is hire an accountant because they can guide you through this process. It is such a nominal expense and it will change your entire business structure and make sure you're legally set up too. Even if you don't think that you need a legal structure, I promise you, you do. Even with podcasts like contracts, things like that, because you never know when someone's going to turn around and be like, you can't have that content. That's mine. So setting yourself up and educating yourself about 
the legal implications and the financial things so that you are prepared so that, you know, when someone comes at you and says, well, how are you ever going to retire or whatever? You have answers. No, a hundred percent. And I think that that's sort of honestly my next step with all of this, because I'm just sort of like starting out and like creating little things like, you know, I have this podcast, which is like the podcast has been, it was the OG, let's say. I've had the podcast for like two-ish years now. Mm -hmm. Um, It honestly, it started out because of that internship program in high school. And so that's really where everything else stemmed from. But I have like a marketing agency for social media marketing. And like, I have like all this different stuff like that, which just sort of like came out in the past couple of months. So I'm sort of like, you know, like, how am I doing this? How am I doing that? You know, all the stuff like that. So I'm sort of figuring it out as we go. But I think that that's the coolest thing about your generation is that you guys are kind of unstoppable. There's nothing you can't figure out and do. Yeah, no, 100%. And honestly, like, honestly, people like my age, like, just amaze me. Like, it's crazy how they can, like, just find something and, like, just pursue it and then, like, just make so much money from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I think that, like, because also, like, a part of me has seen, like, how YouTube has, like, sort of evolved, right? And so how mm-hmm. these people who would post, like, videos almost, like, every single week six seven years ago are now like making six figures from it and it's like it's crazy to see how that works yeah Um, and I think that honestly like the more unconventional situations are going to become more conventional because Mm -hmm. so many more people are leaning towards it because they realize they can have they can sort of create their own lifestyle to the way they want to do it and that's the best part so what was sort of like How did you take that step to be like, I want to work for myself. I want to create my own lifestyle the way I want to. And what was that part of the journey like for you? I had just had it. And I told my boss at the time that I I didn't have the guts to actually tell him that I just hated him and the way he did things and the studio and the whole enchilada. I told him I wanted to not be a designer anymore because I just... I didn't have any courage back then. So he thought I was just leaving the industry. But I ended up when I did, I gave him my two weeks. I was very respectful and tried to help. I interviewed my replacement. So when I, I think it was the day I quit, I called the company I used to work for. And I said, hey, listen, I'm going freelance. Is there anything that I can work for you on? And they did. They gave me an international catalog. Like they gave me a lot of work that was probably a a major godsend because it provided a pretty consistent income right away. I also had a a bunch of expenses that I didn't have to pay anymore. That train ticket into the city was not, you know, it was pretty expensive for me back then. So to supplement that income wasn't very difficult. I started thinking about, well, what do I do really well? And what do I know I can fulfill somebody's need immediately? So I loved weddings. I was an obsessive bride at the time. And I started calling wedding photographers because nobody had any digital software yet. And they were just moving over to digital photography even. But I was able, I loved layout. So I knew I could design digital albums for these photographers. So I started cold calling people. I guess now it would have been like a LinkedIn connection and a conversation online, but I was just phoning people. Hey, this is what I can do for you. Can I show you some samples? It was a lot of that sort of thing. I had no hesitation about talking to people because I wasn't asking them for anything. I was offering them something. So I think that's a really important point is if you're trying to sell yourself, don't talk to somebody that doesn't actually need what you are going to give them. You're going to provide them a solution 
and not something that they don't need. So that was kind of easy. I got a lot of clients really fast. I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I had to figure out my pricing structure. I had to grow some pretty... I can't say that, but <laughs> I had to get pretty tough pretty fast and and really hold true to myself and what I knew I was worth. I think that's more obvious now. I, I know a lot of young designers, and I only speak of designers because that's my industry, who are much more aware of what they should start out charging. I was completely clueless. So, you know, a lot of mistakes, all lessons that were really important to learn. And I just never gave up. I knew I was going to be successful no matter what, because I was never going to stop until I did. So yeah, I think the interesting points for me were when I needed to start hiring staff. That was a whole nother ball of wax. When I was running and managing a team like that in person, that was something that was really an interesting lesson too. There was so much more than just now I wasn't just the designer. I had to cultivate and manage this whole team of people and make them happy and inspire them and give them the freedom to do their work in the atmosphere that I wanted to do work in as a young designer myself. So all the, along the way, there were so many different steps and so many different lessons. But I think the biggest thing is that I was never going to give up. And I, to this day, I change direction all the time. I made a huge shift a couple of years ago when I stopped working. I changed my target audience and I really started focusing on mid to large scale businesses instead of the single mom and pop jobs that I was doing. And now I'm able to provide a whole different kind of service to a company because I actually go in there. I work with their team. We do brand audits. We really figure out what they need and what they're missing instead of, oh, I need a website. Great. I'll make you a website. Well, hold on. Let's evaluate what you actually have here and what you need. So yeah, it's been a really interesting and cool journey. But I think being comfortable with the idea that it's always going to be changing, that the target's always kind of going to be moving. And you don't fail unless you don't get back up. So every failure is a lesson. Oh, yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> Did you ever fear that you weren't going to make it or that you could, you weren't going to be able to do it or that you just weren't cut up for it? I mean, sure, there are some days I wake up and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but it's more emotional than like, I know at my core, I'm really good at what I do. I know that I'm a good team leader. I know that I provide my clients the best service possible. And I will never, ever stop until my clients are happy. And I've hit my own personal bar with our project and what we're working on. There are definitely days where I'm just tired and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but it's literally like, emotional. It's not reality. I mean, I think there are probably days when everyone gets up and is like, Ugh. something is kind of just weighing on their minds. A lot of times what I'll do is sometimes I'll just have to end my day early and I just go outside and take a walk or, you know, I cuddle with my kids or sometimes I'll just go to sleep. <laughs> like, okay, it's 730. I'm just going to make today's over. We're moving on. Oh yeah. I think if you know that you tried your very best and your hardest, it's not that hard to be okay with how something maybe didn't go your way or didn't happen the way you thought it would. I always think everything happens for a reason. So even when I've had opportunities that didn't pan out, I would always be like, okay, so then it wasn't supposed to. Or, you know, I kind of have in the back of my head, like so many times things haven't worked out and then they come back to me in a different format with the same client. 
and it's it's such a better relationship or I've put my foot down and not accepted something and something better came along. You know, I think when you kind of do something that doesn't feel quite right for you or take something on that's not a good fit, that sometimes you have to just turn around and walk away from. But when you allocate that time to the right thing or to the wrong thing, rather, then you're taking away time from something that is right. So consider that really kind of trust your gut. I think that's something that you develop over time. You kind of know pretty early on if it's something that you should be doing or not. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that's the best part of sort of like running your own stuff and sort of working for yourself is like you get to decide what you want to put your energy into. You Mm -hmm. get to decide how your energy is dispersed. And if something feels right, you do it. If it doesn't feel right, you don't do it. You know, because when you work for not necessarily someone, when you work pretty much in corporate, it's like you have to do this work no matter what. And so I think that's a beautiful, the most beautiful thing too. But I want to ask, like, when you started out, did you ever have imposter syndrome in the way that like you were, oh my God, why am I doing this for? Obviously, there's like someone better out there who can do it better than me. I still do. I look on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I love that. Why didn't I think of that? Or, But everyone comes at this stuff with their own special flavor. And I, being a brand designer, brand strategist, it's so important that you build your brand from your core. Mm. And that's not anything that someone else can copy. So there's a thousand coaches just on Long Island. There's a million designers in New York. There's a ton of agencies, but nobody does it the way I do it because it is completely from my personality and my personal brand. And the way I do business is different than anybody else. I mean, we might be similar, but I think looking at competition, if you want to put it that way, as your inspiration Mm -hmm. is a better way than looking at something and saying, I'm not there yet. Or, you know, maybe that person has put in more effort, more work, more time, more years. You know, it's easy to look and say, I will never get there. You will. You just, you have to be patient. You have to educate yourself. You have to just keep trying harder. If you're not happy with something that you're doing, inspire yourself more, work harder. I was listening to a podcast, Lewis Howes, and it was Uh Seth Godin. And he was talking about Instagram and he was like, you're seeing their greatest hits albums. So you don't see like the process behind. There are days where I wake up and I'm like, ugh, I hate that. Or, you know, I didn't hit the mark there. Or, you know, I see someone else's work and I'm like, ugh, I want to be in that magazine or whatever. I just, if that's my target and that's my goal, then I need to set my target there and figure out how I'm going to get there. But to look at somebody with envy or jealousy, like I try my hardest to never actually feel that because it's a useless emotion. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, that was, that's beautiful. I love that because I think for me, you know, obviously starting out, especially with like social media management, it's like people will come to me, you know, like one of my clients now is one of my good friends who is an entrepreneur and a speaker and stuff like that. And I like, there are some weeks where I'm just like, damn, I'm just like, she could have chose someone so much better than me, but she chose me. Like, why did you do that for? Like, you know, and I'd look at like, I'm researching all the time, like social media marketer, like, how do you do, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Like all that stuff like that, like, and trying to figure out how other people do it that way. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it right. But at the end of the day, it's like, you can look at them for like the technical tips, but the way in which you sort of produce your stuff for your client is going to change between person to person. And you have to do it from your heart and not like what someone else is doing. And so that's something I've had to learn and like really hone in on. 
Um, if your baseline is you're great at what you do, then the other stuff is really what sells you to the client. It's your personality. It's how you cater to them. It's how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. I've gotten so many contracts signed with someone saying, I just really like you. Yeah. And I knew we would work well together. Oh, that's yeah. That's huge. And you're not for everybody. There's not, I'm certainly not the designer for every single company out there. Mm -hmm. There are companies that we just, we align and that's, it's a great relationship. I have definitely let go of clients where that's not the case. You know, when I was starting out and I would take pretty much anything that came my way because I didn't understand that process. And I also needed the money. Years later, I realized like, oh, I need to let this client go because we're not Neither one of us are happy. So if you have the luxury to do that, make sure that you're in alignment with who you're working with. And just know that if you're an expert in your field, then it's really more about who you are and how you're going to make the client feel. Mm -hmm. No, 100%. This episode has been so, so amazing. I want to roll into the final question of the podcast, which I ask every single guest who has ever been on based off the title of this podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion. What is one tip that you would give people who are dreaming based off of how you have fashioned your passion? Stop dreaming. (laughs) Write it down. What my method is, is building a personal brand to grow into. So if you have a dream, I want you to put it on paper and you say, okay, it's going to be, I'm going to be this big city designer. Let's go back there. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'm going to be a lawyer, whatever. What does that look like? How do you feel every day when you wake up? What kind of law are you in? Like really get super, super granular with what that brand is that you want to grow into and then reverse engineer that process. So if it's law school, then obviously you have to go to school. What are the clothes that you're starting to collect? What are the personality things that you want to bring to that persona that maybe you haven't developed yet? Maybe it's your language and the type of words that you use. So maybe there's, you know, a little bit of education that needs to happen there. So really getting super specific on what your goal is and then creating a pathway of aligned action to actually get there because you will not get there by dreaming. People that say, I wish are people that aren't willing to put the work in. You mm. wish you have to act. That was just the cherry on top. <laughs> Where can people find you for all the things? Just give all the socials. <laughs> My podcast is Tribe of Unicorns. That is specifically for creative entrepreneurs, students that are in the creative industry or looking to join or create a business. That's tribeofunicorns.com. You can find me on Instagram at Kendra Beavis or my design studio is thinkmocha.com. You can find all the links if you go to that. I think there's a link called All the Things and pretty much everything I like is there. I have recommended podcasts. I have books I'm reading. I have, if I'm going to be speaking somewhere or, I mean, everything's virtual right now. I usually have that up there too. Yes, I love that. And obviously, I will link everything in the show notes below. Kendra, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank this you for having episode, me. Of course, this episode has been super, super amazing. Honestly, if anybody has any questions, need any guidance, whatever, mentoring, um, find me on Instagram and DM me. I'm always available. I love that so much. For those of you listening, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review because I read all of your reviews and yours could be featured on our Instagram. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. 
I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion Podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.